Got car trouble. Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. Well, if you're one of the millions who own one of them gas-drinking, pissing, clanking, air-polluting, smoke-belching, four-wheeled buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your song, son. Welcome back to the second hour of the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show right here in beautiful Tucson, Arizona, right here on ESPNTucson.com, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. If you'd like to join us, please do, 719-1490, 719-1490. This is kind of like an open lines. What would you say, Andrew? Uh, we have a caller whenever you're ready, Jerry. All right, be with you in just a second. Thanks. Uh, this portion of the show is brought to you by Automotive Specialist AZ.com. Brian Fuller, Mr. Test First, Don't Guess. Brian still is running a special on a motorback. It's $30 off through the month of September. And that's the carbon engine carbon removal. It's the fuel system cleaning that uh, is very, very, very highly recommended because we'll tell you what can happen to you. We can do actually do a show on that, but um, it's 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 just good stuff, just good stuff. And uh, of course, Brian is located at um, thirty six eleven West Ina Road, Suite one hundred one, Meredith and Ina, in the Bookman's Plaza. His business phone, which you will get a hold of, Mitch is five seven two seventeen thirty four. It's Brian's uh, son. Hang on, I gotta uh, disconnect a home phone so that I don't have to buy another car warranty. Um, his business phone is five seven two seventeen thirty four. Brian's cell number is two three seven thirty eight fifty two. I actually call Automotive Specialist our West Connection. It's not my shop; have nothing to do with it. But I do know what ethics and customer care that uh, he strives for. Same thing that we do at Simmons for before. Brian is an excellent diagnostician, firm believer, test first, don't guess. If you don't believe it, look him, Google test first, don't guess, and you will find automotive specialists. <laughs> we did it. We got him. He's branded as Mr. Test First, Don't Guess, and boy, is he a believer in that. Brian can be heard fairly regular as a guest on the Simmons Car Care Show as a co-host when requested. Uh, good shop has all the computer reprogramming stuff. Uh, you can find him at automotivespecialistaz.com. You can go in, you can schedule online, uh, whatever you need. He's got a good website, easy to navigate, and it'll show you a little bit about what automotive specialist actually does. He's been turning wrenches since he was about six years old, from what I found out about him. 
And of course, he's not six years old anymore. He's he's not as old as I am, but he's getting there. He'll never catch me, but he'll try. <laughs> so automotive specialists over on the west side, people looking for a good shop, full service shop, big uh, auto alignment rack, all the high tech alignment rack. He's just like Parker Parker Automotive. He's just like Simmons and Simmons Four. Before we also have the big uh, auto alignment, high tech alignment stuff. All right, let's go to the phone. Who we got? Uh, we got Vic on line one. All right, let's go with Vic. Good morning, Vic. Hey. Welcome to the show. Good, good morning. Yeah. Good morning. Hey, I would just want to tell you. Now, I I used to go hunting on that Tennessee uh, Carolina border area up and de- over next to the Smoky Mountains and down in Pelico, and also trout fish back in there. And one thing good to carry for me was an old police whistle with a lanyard. That thing, because a gunshot, if you're hunting, doesn't draw much attention. But a police whistle does. So if you get hurt. Absolutely, we carry them. In fact, we use them when we're out on searches. We're trying to find people because a police whistle or a, a good whistle is not common in the area. So when somebody's blowing a whistle, there's normally a problem. I, That's correct. Perfect information. All perfect. right. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right. Take care. See, Jim, you missed it. You missed it. <laughs> I missed it. Police Jim, whistle, you, that's a good one. You know, yeah, I, I hadn't thought about that. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Cause that I carry your attention. I, right I, I have them in my pack. But your, your phone, you can anyway, you can turn your phone, your, turn your cell phone to a police whistle and let it beep for for an hour. That might do work too. You don't have to blow on it. Yeah. Well, I like something that don't have a battery in it. And as I long agree. as I'm able to blow a whistle, I'm still in pretty good shape. <laughs> <laughs> that also is part of the diagnostics. <laughs> He's breathing. Well, That's a good thing. He's breathing. He's breathing. Right. You know, yeah. You, you know what else? All you know what else we, we forgot, Jerry? What? Good what? shoes. You, you need to be wearing good, good shoes. shoes. You mean I can't go hiking with thongs on? You can. People do it in sandals. I wouldn't recommend it. But I'll tell you what I've seen um, is people will buy new shoes, and you know they oh. start wearing them right away, and they and it they don't fit right or. They get a blister or something, and now they're you know limping or dragging their feet because the shoes hurt their feet. So make mm-hmm. sure your shoes are good before you go, and get, make get sure you have a small shoes medical kit when you leave. Small medical kit, yep. Band-aids and blisters. Band-aids and blisters. Remember the duct tape? It hurts when you take it off, but if you're that duct tape actually is a pretty good cushioning compound between a brand new shoe and your heels, and so that's the reason you take tape with you. You can use black tape too. <laughs> you can. I've seen can. just about every combination, buddy. But yeah, you get a blister out there, and it's going to definitely uh, create some problems. And blisters, once they pop, you know, I see people that they'll get blisters on their uh, feet and stuff. First thing you want to do is take a knife or something and punch it and let the water out of it. Don't do that. That is still covering of that blister and that sore, 
And when you open it up like that, you open it wide open for infections because you're not going to be out of the field in the next 15 minutes. So, you know, use that's the reason for the small emergency kit, medical kit, Band-Aids. You need Band-Aids, 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 and some way to cut, uh, modify a Band-Aid like a pair of scissors or something. You know, I carry a pair of scissors with me all the time now. And they're the kind of scissors that can cut an aluminum can, or but they can cut a rope. They can cut just about anything. It costs a whole three dollars and seventy cents. Used to, they were a dollar, but um, they work well too. So if you keep that with you, you're going to be in pretty good shape. You've got to have band-aids though. I carry band-aids in my billfold because you know things happen. You know, you skin yourself up. You need a band-aid or something just to protect it. And so tape works too. I've seen people come out of the field with tape, duct tape, big old, big old stuff with date, duct tape on it. All right, we've got another caller online. Who is it? Uh, we have Emilio on line one now. Emilio, good morning. Welcome to the ESPN. Good morning to you. Yeah, I was. You, well, you almost blew my what I was going to say, but I always well, I carry those everywhere. But a first aid kit with a plenty of gauze. Uh, uh, clean T-shirts in case you you know you need to wrap something up if you don't have any gauze, you know. Yep. I think that that is excellent. If you can carry, you know, they make small enough packs. The one thing you don't want to do is get a commercial emergency kit like I have over Simmons Four before. That sucker is big. It's like carrying a backpack. But if you just carry the gauze. And you don't have to carry a lot of it, but if you're going to use the gauze, use a four-inch gauze. If you carry a four-inch gauze and some uh, medical tape, you can make about anything you need from a half-inch all the way up to a four-inch. If you've got something that you need a four-inch uh, pad on, uh, you're going to be in pretty good shape, uh, pretty bad shape anyway. However, don't forget your, don't we forget carry your rubbing alcohol. You got to have some way just to sterilize it a little bit. If you got a little bit of antiseptic, put it on there. But remember, all you're doing is trying to fix yourself up to get out. Approximate, we say two and a half hours. So if we can, get, we patch you up and get you out of the field for two and a half hours. There's not a whole lot can go on. And people, you know, they'll see blood and they panic. Don't panic. It's blood. That's true. You have it all in your body, and it's a good thing to see. I mean, you verified you got blood in your body. But it will also flush out a wound, okay? But you don't want to bleed out flushing out. It don't take much of that blood coming out to actually flush that wound. Oh, this got antibiotics and all this stuff in it also. So if uh-huh. you use a four-inch gauze, you don't have to carry 5,000 different gauze to fit every size. You do need that pair of scissors I was telling you about. But if you carry that pair of scissors, and Does most of the first aid kits have a scissors in it. Yeah, Leatherman works. Leatherman works. Yeah. You know, I use just about of, everything. Plenty, you know, out here, plenty of water. Like you said, uh, that's we, that's a vain thing. A lot of water. Drinking water. Oh, absolutely. Carry, get some water. Get some salt packs. Uh, we didn't. We didn't used to be too concerned about it until people started dying in the Boston Marathon. And then they realized that it, they were drinking water and drank plenty of it, but it was flushing the electrolytes out of the system. So you need there to you replenish go. electrolytes. That's the reason the energies and the little teaspoon of salt, if you don't have all the fancy electrolyte stuff, 
If you carry it, but now you can buy electrolyte water, so you can carry it with you too. But you've got to protect that electrolyte in that body because your body will sweat it out. Mine does. It's mine, like a battery. Evacuates yeah. my. Oh yeah, just sucks it right down. So, but if you do that, and but you got to take the band aids. Take you some band aids. That's the smaller stuff. They're easy to carry. But take the four inch gauze and some medical tape, white medical tape. Or you can use black tape, or you can use duct tape. I don't care what you do or how you keep it on there, but you've got to get a proper dressing on there to keep it from getting more infection. And try to clean it out. If you've got the alcohol swabs and stuff like that, by all means, use it. It's going to burn like Dickens, but it's still it's cleaning it out. There's a reason it's burning. Uh, but you just you want to patch that thing up. A bandage. On a wound does not have to be pretty. It has to work. Now, you mentioned a white T-shirt. You can use a colored regular shirt if you've got a pair of scissors. You can cut your strip out of there, put it on. If you're treating somebody out on the on the field, use their own clothing. Don't cut yours up. Use theirs. And but you, you tell them what you're doing. So I need this piece of I need this piece of material to hold this bandage, this dressing in place. And you've got two things going on. One's a dressing, one's a bandage. The bandage keeps the dressing in place, okay? But, yeah, there's a there's a lot of things. In fact, they used to call me MacGyver because I could take just about anything out of the woods and make a, a splint out of it or whatever I needed. But that's just good information to know, and you won't know it unless you've been through the search and rescue training that I have and the medical training that I have. But... Take my word for it. You can use the four-inch gauze if you if you have a dog with you. You got to remember the feet. If you have duct tape, you can duct tape a dog's feet and make a shoe out of it. Okay. Uh, if you have a gauze, you can put a gauze in front of it, then duct tape it to it. Okay. But dogs have sensitive feet. If you can't walk on a trail barefooted. That dog cannot walk on a trail barefooting without blistering and ripping his feet off. We've seen dogs. We've been out and got dogs that had the pads draw off the bottom of the feet. Okay? People go, oh, I'm just going for a little hike. I don't care if you go for a little hike. You take everything to protect your dog. Bless their heart. They don't know any better. You should. So that that's my stool for this second. But, yes, everything that you say, what else do you carry in your little kit? New medical. Do you carry a list of your medications you're on? Uh, yeah. If you carry that, that's good. Is it updated? If your doctors are like my doctors, of course, I have a heart issue, so they keep changing mine. But I have to keep changing it, too. And it got so bad, I actually run a copy off it on a printer and folded it up and put it in so I'd have it. But my search and rescue people like Pauline, Mike Massimi, and all of those, they already know my medical history. There is no secrets in search and rescue with your compadre's medical history. You got a medical thing, I need to know about it. You go down when you're in the field, I need to know why. And so the medical information, I don't care about that HEPA law out there. I don't care one stinking bit, you know, uh, but... When we do, when we're actually asking you or going through with the research to find out what the problem is, we'll ask you, do you have any pertinent medical information we need to know about? 
I don't care if you had an abortion 10 years ago. I don't care if you had a kid 10 years ago or anything like that. Do you have any pertinent information? Like, have you ever fainted before and when? Was it two weeks ago, a year ago? Are you a diabetic? 50% of the people that are diabetic don't even know it. That's a proven fact. So if we, you know, and I've treated them where they just literally was out riding on a horse, fell off the horse. They didn't have a clue that they were a diabetic. And when we, you know, the symptoms were there. And when I diagnosed that, I actually had to send somebody to my house to get a, a bottle of uh, orange juice out of my refrigerator to bring it back so I could get this guy out of the field. But that's, that's how critical it is. So ask the questions. If, even if they don't mention it, is there any other medical issues that you can think of that I need to know about? And you then, always carry a little piece of candy oh, bar in your in your pocket, huh, for the diabetics? Right. You you can do that, or you can carry a package of honey from like KFC or something like that. The little packages of honey. But when yeah. a little caution to that, when you carry them in a saddlebag or you carry them in your backpack, put them in a freezer bag, a sandwich yeah, bag. First time I, doesn't leak. The first time and I've seen somebody have a diabetic attack, it boy, sure, scared the heck out of me. I was about eight years old, and it was my mom, and uh, they just they pulled out a piece of candy and gave it to her, and she, you know, got back you know, where she's normal again. But it sure scared you know, when you're young and you don't see those things, or, and especially your relative, it really scares the heck out of you. Well, now they have glucose in a tube, a little, little tube of glucose, and which is sugar. And when you give that to somebody, you don't know how their uh, reflux is going to be from throat. So you put that under the tongue. That's the fastest way to get it in the system. Plus, it doesn't trigger that uh, reflux that actually tries to throw it up. The other thing is when people are getting and they're overheated, you try to give them water. Well, I don't want water. Well, I know you don't want water, but uh, kind of necessary. And you try to talk them into it, but then they'll say, well, okay, I'll drink some water. Well, when you give them a water, you don't give them chug-lug, chug-lug. You give them about a tablespoon to see if they – and don't stand in front of them when you do it. Because if they're really overheated, they're not going to be able to take that water in immediately, especially a big gulp. Uh, (laughs) If you'll give them just a small – start it small like a teaspoon and then uh-huh. gradually go up with them just sit there and but expect to be there about 20 minutes until you can get them hydrated enough to where they can actually walk out or start to walk out if you don't know anything about the heat in arizona and the problems we have in arizona <clears throat> you start out with muscle cramps then it starts out a little bit more serious than that start to have breathing issues breathing gets a little tight well, when you get on into the heat stroke, which a lot of people miscall because they say, oh, yeah, I, went, I hiked the Grand Canyon and got a heat stroke. Did you walk out? Yeah, well, you didn't have a heat stroke. Heat stroke would stop your heart. It pulls everything in from the outside, starts protecting the inside until the, it's nothing else left to draw out of your system, and then you wind up with a heat stroke. A heat stroke... The patients have their their arm temperature, the body temperature so hot, it's uncomfortable to even put your hand on it. Very uncomfortable. 
And when you get into that, that is called a medical emergency. You call in the troops. You hope like the Dickens you can get a helicopter in there. By the way, Pima County has a a helicopter that is absolutely superb. Those guys are absolutely worth their weight in gold. That whole helicopter is worth its weight in gold. And if you've ever had the misfortune of having something like this happen to you out there and the helicopter picked your butt up and got you to a hospital, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I have seen so many over the 34 years I've been doing this. I just, I can't imagine search and rescue without cell phones, GPS. We have a special program that has been designed by a guy in uh, search and rescue here in Tucson, Arizona, that is absolutely perfect. I mean, it is unreal. They can call in and hit a button says, find me. That's how complicated and sophisticated this system is. And by the way, Southern Arizona. Huh? That GPS kicking in. everything. Yep. Well, I thank you for your service for that. Uh, I knew you was in the search and rescue. I didn't know it was 34 years. I I thank you for your service. I'm an old guy. I'm an old guy. Yeah, so, me too. <laughs> but I've just I've seen so many of this, and hey, as long as we pay attention, the one thing about getting old, you don't have the mobility you did when you were younger, but you're getting a heck of a lot smarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, dear. thank you so okay. very much, Emilio, for the call, buddy. All right. God bless. Have a good Seven weekend. One, thank, thank you. Same to you, bud. Seven one nine fourteen ninety. Seven one nine fourteen ninety. Now, for the for the ones of you that don't know, we also have a large technical, large animal technical rescue service in Tucson, Arizona, which I am proud to say that Jim from Frontier Towing is part of that system, and he has a big wreck truck. We had a class on it. He bought that big off road truck to our training class and taught the rescuers. And mounted everybody that was there, and there was about five different organizations there, how to work with a wreck truck, how to direct a uh, uh, tow truck back into the location, uh, how to work. Uh, uh, I mean, it was invaluable. So, Jim, thank you again for that, buddy. That is oh, no that was It was great fun. I learned a lot, too. Uh, you know, believe it or not, I've been to a lot of wreck scenes, and, um, and I've recovered horses with tow trucks, but working with your guys, watching them take a uh, fire hose and wrap it into a sling was incredibly impressive because that if you think you can just pick up a horse by just wrapping a, a rope around them, yeah, guess again, guys, it doesn't work that way. But your guys folded up a, 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 an old fire hose, rolled it into a, a nice, beautiful sling, they worked so smooth. I was I was amazed how how easily and they were fast. It took literally it took them literally five minutes and boom we had the horse up in the air. Uh, it was it was quite impressive. Quite impressive. Well, it is it is. So that's the reason we've got them trained up. But we have to stay up too because those you know when you go to wrapping that much fire hose around a horse. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time, that horse is not standing up. You it, not it's standing a, it's up. It's a process just to get that stuff fed through. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite quite impressive. All right, 
719-1490. It's open line. We'll talk about anything. We can do search and rescue. I've got a bunch of years in search and rescue. i got a bunch of years in teaching medical. Uh, you know, people talk about the PPE on COVID. Professional, I mean, uh, uh, protection equipment. Uh, and they say a mask. And I'm going, you know, I've taught this class over and over. You actually need some eye protection, too, because your eyeballs are go right inside. You can get infection through the eyeballs as fast as you can get it in through your mouth and your nose unless you drink it or direct sniff it. But if it's moving around, if you want, now you see it because your medical people are wearing face masks. In addition to the uh, cloth mask, they're wearing plastic shields like an old welding helmet that we used to use or grinding helmet, I should say. And that keeps it out. But, yeah, search and rescue people carry goggles with them. And in addition to the mask and the gloves and all of this, but you've got to remember, washing your hands is probably one of the best things you can do with this. So heads up, heads up. Don't don't get lured into something that might not be exactly what you need. I've seen people recently, yesterday, wearing a plastic face mask where you can still breathe, you can still see, and that's that's the good covering that you're looking for. So that's just another little thing. All right, are we done with search and rescue yet? <laughs> All right, put them on. Who we got? We got a uh, burn up first. Burn. Good morning. Yes. Yes. Hey, thanks. Uh, long time listener, and uh, I'm a customer from an automotive specialist, Brian. Oh, Great good. Job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about was uh, I'm going to definitely upgrade my EDC med kit from what you said today. Uh-huh. And the other thing is, this morning, I have been on Thornadale Road between Tangerine and Cotero. And there, just every minute, there's a whole bunch of cars, classic cars, muscle cars, 60 cars, <laughs> high-performance cars. Ooh. You know, you name it. Everything's flowing from uh, Oro Valley, Marana, south on Thornydale. So somewhere there's a car show. But Sounds I don't know like where it's somewhere at. There's a big car show. Well, if there's somebody out there listening, if you know where this car show is, give us a call down here, 719-1490. Let's put this information out. I love car yeah, shows. Well, Even though I have a 68 Mustang, it's not a hypo, but uh, I love car shows. Sure, I'm sure there's about uh, two dozen motorheads going to the car show, and I'll listen to you. So hopefully, you'll call in and let you know where we'll let us all know where it's at. If somebody will call in and let me know where this car show is, we'll put it out on the airway. Anytime you have a car show around, something that's automotive related, which is cars, uh, give me a call. I'll run it for you. We'll put the thing out so that people will get there. You know, they've got some big car shows coming up in October, I guess. Uh, and as soon as somebody decides they want me to put it out on the airway, they'll send me the information because there's too many of them going on for me to even know where these car shows yeah. are. Uh, I, can, I You might be able to Google it in Tucson for car shows today. I actually found one one time like that. And that'll give you the area of town that they're in. And if that one particular car show is in your area, that's probably where it's at. <laughs> so yeah. I, I would Google want... uh, car show. Go ahead. Yeah, the other thing I want to mention is uh, you know, preventive maintenance. 
You yeah. had warned, you consistently warned people, never let your gas go below a quarter tank because the fuel pumps are in your gas tank. And if you go below a quarter tank, the, the fuel, the gasoline, lubricates the pumps. If you go below a quarter tank, your pumps are going to stress. They're going to burn out. Then you have to go to the shop. you got to drop your tank, replace the fuel pumps. Not fun and convenient. So never let your gas go below a quarter tank. <laughs> and that's you told me that like every absolutely. week. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. The biggest problem with that, you know, when you burn your fuel tank out, is the gas is circulating so fast it doesn't have a time doesn't have the time to set in the tank and cool down. And the gasoline, believe it or not, is what cools the pump. So when you get down, like Bern just saying, the fuel is actually hot. So instead of actually cooling it down as much as it should be cooling it down, it's now not cooling it down as much as it needs down. And that pump is still working hard, so it's just getting hotter and hotter and hotter. Will it sustain one tank like that? Yeah, probably. Will it sustain constant <laughs> abuse like that? Nope. <laughs> but that's yeah, all right. Bad for you. Good for the automotive repair industry, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's not like the old days where your fuel pump was hanging off the uh, engine block and the lever was there and was, you know, going up and down with diaphragm. No more of that. Right. Right. So, yeah, that is, that's really, that's critical. That's really critical. And don't forget to run a fuel additive in these cars, too. Uh, You know, we've said numerous times about, uh, well, Brian has a special going on in MotorVac over at his shop. It's $30 off. MotorVac is a complete engine fuel delivery system cleaning. It picks everything up from a firewall to the return line going back. It cleans the injectors. It cleans the fuel lines, the fuel rails. It cuts all of that stuff and moves it through. It flushes it out first through the machine, and then it goes into the cleaning mode, and there are special cleaners that you put in there that are high detergent and flat. I mean, you almost need to be sitting there watching it while you're doing it, and it cleans that system out. You do have soft carbons. Soft carbons in an engine, if you've got a combustible engine, you have soft carbons. I don't care how much fuel cleaner you run through. You can't get it all. So you just remember that it's going to build. And then, of course, you know, fuel cleaners, you got to pull it out of a, a bottle, pour it in the tank. And, oh, well, the parts house, Mer- Merle's is about five miles from me right now where I'm filling up. So, I, oh, I forgot to put it in the last tank, too. Oh, and I forgot to put it in the tank before that. Oh, matter of fact, I don't think I put it in in probably a year or two. Okay, now you're going to have a buildup of soft carbons inside that engine that will eventually turn to hard carbons based on the temperature of the engine. That's what they do. They go into hard carbon. Then you start having valves leak. Then valves start burning. Expense goes way up out of your billfold. So, uh, you know, add the fuel conditioner. Even your late model cars, if you look at the warranty or look at your service manual, it will tell you add a can of fuel cleaner, fuel additive to your tank every oil change. Okay. And okay, that well, will not prevent 
that will not prevent 100% of it, but it'll sure help you keep it down the road, and it'll be easier when you do the motor back to get it on the first run through instead of having to do it twice. Yeah, well, with Brian having this uh, super-duper discount on the motor back, $30 off, I think I had that done two years ago. I think we're going to done uh, this month. <laughs> well, I, I would take advantage of it because... Keep in mind, fuel start uh, carbon, soft carbon is built at seventy five hundred miles. Okay, yeah, I've got an old. So seven you've had two years. Yeah, I have an old seven Tacoma with one hundred thirty two thousand yeah. miles on it. Yeah, time to have it done. Um, yeah, and I'll tell you a little secret. I'll tell you a little thing. Soft carbons and carbon engines. Toyota invented that in about nineteen eighty one. And at that time, the only way you could cut the soft carbons or the carbon off the engine, you had to pull the cylinder heads, and you had to do it. That was super expensive. And then somebody, the MotorVac system was used in Mexico for almost 10 years or 10-plus years before it ever made its way to the U.S. When it first came into the U.S., my buddy at uh, uh, PV Auto Center out on 22nd Street. He bought the first one, the first motor vac. We run 77 vehicles through his machine before I ever bought one. Now I own two. Fuller owns two. Parker probably owns two or three. And those things go all the time because now the fuel formula has been changed from what it used to protect the back of the valves and of course, now a lot of direct injection do not have where you can put it in, put a motor back on it, and do the back of the valves. You actually have to go through the throttle body or go through the intake, and you have to spray it, foam it up on the intake to get it down to the valves, back of the valves, to wash that stuff off or break it loose so it'll go on through. But and the older cars, it would you you could inject it and it'll go right straight into the back of the valves, and that's your good cleaner. And what that does is help seal the motor back up. Your vacuum in your engine will go probably back up from around fifteen and a half, sixteen to twenty to twenty one. Twenty one is optimal, and so you've got a, a good system working there. But if you ignore it, it will get you. And, you know, I recommend, uh, I love BG uh, chemicals to go in. Uh, BG 45, I think, is the number on it. That's for cars. Very expensive, very good. You use it once a year. And that stuff seems to work as good as anything I've seen since it come out or anything I've seen added to it since then. There are a lot of good upper-end engine cleaners out there on the market. You can go into Merle's, and you can see what kind of – they have a wall full of this stuff. So does your other uh, little stores around. But Merle's has got a wall full of them. Uh, what you want to do is take a, take a look at them. I'll tell you something that I was surprised when I was doing research. STP gas treatment turned out to be number three in the world as far as working like it should. And it's inexpensive as all get out. So you can use the STP. You can use a Tecron that uh, Chevron puts out. You can buy it in a bottle. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that you can use in your fuel delivery system to keep it going because there's a lot of stuff involved in a fuel delivery system now. You have computers firing multi-times just to put gasoline inside the cylinders. 
on a stroke of an engine when it's going down. It's adding whatever it needs. That's how sophisticated this has got. <laughs> the biggest problem with this stuff is is byproducts, gas byproducts. If you don't run your car more than 20 minutes a day when you go out on a trip, yeah, you're going to be doing a motor vac about every year, year and a half. And if you don't use any cleaner, it'd probably be for that because you have all of these fuel delivery systems that are trying to work, and they're using many computers, they're using many valves, everything's a tighter tolerance now, the spray patterns are tighter, and it, this stuff has to be kept clean because you can get a speck in there, and first thing you know, you got coking of your injectors. That's when you shut it off, and it's so hot, it actually burns the fuel across the opening on the fuel injection pentel. And then you get ready to start it, and it's got to wind and wind and wind. You say, what's the matter with this thing? It's starting really hard now. It's starting really hard. Then it'll fire off. What it has to do is actually cut the coking, the little film, off the bottom of that injector so the injector can actually push that uh, fuel through enough to service your engine. So you want to keep that clean. So uh, the manufacturer says once every oil change at 5,000 miles, okay, that might be all right for a new car. But I think I'd step it up just a little bit. And like I say, STP treatment is good. Uh, you can go once a year, BG45. For you guys, truck drivers, you can go with the diesel. You can go to BG245, which is about $52 a pint. But it works incredibly. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to it. A lot of stuff to it. That people, you know, if you're not in the industry and not sitting on a computer most of your life now, just researching, you don't realize what this stuff actually does. So keep it clean. Okay. Keep it clean. Okay, great. Well, uh, thanks to the uh, your Car Talk show, I am a customer of uh, Brian Fuller, automotive specialist, and Merle's yep. on Thornhill. Good. Uh, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully the other motorheads will call in and let us know where that car show is going on. <laughs> I'd love to hear where that car show is going on. There should be somebody okay, out there to call us. So. Thanks much. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks, Byrne. Bye. Bye. 719-1490, if you know where this car show is on the west side, or if you want to Google it and, and find out where it's at or where it potentially could be, uh Give me a call. Let's put that thing out so everybody, all the gearheads and stuff that want to run around in, in this 103-degree weather today and look at cars, which I'm actually one of them, um, yeah, let me know, and we'll put it out. All right, what get phone caller? Yes, sir, we got Barry up next. All, all right, put Barry on. Hello. Barry, good morning. Welcome to ESPN. Yes, thank you. I first want to say that I took my F-150 to PV Auto, and they did everything I needed, and I now take now take my vehicle to them, and they handle all my uh, needs. Uh, I have an item that uh, should go in your fanny pack or your rescue area where you keep your whistle or your band-aids. It's probably the most important yeah. item you can have in there for rescue. Excuse me for rescue. Uh, I'm an ex-surveyor, hunter, and done all of that. And uh, the device is a mirror. I just tuned in, and I don't know if anybody has said, but a two-inch by two-inch mirror, your wife's compact mirror. Uh, they have these wonderful mirrors that you can buy that are used strictly for uh, 
uh, reflection devices. You can Very be in a canyon under a canopy. You can be waving a, 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 a hanky. You've got no chance. But if you have a mirror, you can see anything. You can get that reflection through anything. I realize there could be a cloud out there. But if you have any type of a mirror, it's probably the most important device in your backpack. And I'll listen to your response. Well, one, you're absolutely correct, and yes, I have that little mirror. It's, they actually make one for search and rescue, which I get. It's a little harder to break, and uh, but you can use anything reflective. But if you've got the mirror, that is, I agree with you 100%. If we're looking for you and you don't, we don't have a coordinates on you, and we've got a helicopter flying across, or we're out there blowing a whistle till our we run out of breath. If you've got a mirror on horseback, see on horseback, we are about probably. You can a good reflect three out of anything. Miles. I'm having a hard time hearing you, but sir, you can reflect out of anywhere where a uh, 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 mirror. Uh, again, I'm an ex surveyor. We did a lot of mining claims, and it sends you that straight line, sends you out to areas where no people have ever walked before, and you could get caught in a canyon or rattlesnake bite. And that reflection is going to get your buddies down to you. You can you can reflect on a uh, an area where you know that trail is coming through. Uh, but if you have a mirror, you got a real good chance of being uh, being seen. So I will uh, say goodbye, and I love listening to you every early morning whenever I can. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, for the rest of you out there, as Colleen would tell you, when you're out and you're hiking. Uh, the hardest color to actually see is blue because blue blends with the elements for some reason. A Anything that is a uh, real sharp yellow or a real sharp orange is really good. And you can buy them. Even a vest, even these little vests that you can buy that's got, that is reflective, they show up really well out, out there. But the guys are, the hunters, this is where we're getting in trouble. Hunters wear camouflage. Okay? Now, camouflage is all right if you're hunting a deer or you're hiding from an elk or something like that. But if you're out in the middle of nowhere with a broken leg and you're waiting for search and rescue to find you, and we fly across the top of you with a helicopter, and you blend with the surroundings, you're going to be hard to find unless you have, like, uh, very... Uh, Barry was talking about on that mirror. If you've got a mirror, that's your step ahead. Those mirrors are small enough to carry in your pocket, and they will work. They do work. They work excellent. So, yes, that was a good call, and you're right, Barry. I forgot to even mention that because I kind of assumed that everybody carried them until I got to thinking about it. No, they don't. They never thought about it. So thank you for that call, buddy. All right, what would you say, Andrew? Uh, we got one more caller, Jerry. Put him on. Cool. We got Steve now. Steve? Okay, let's go. Is it Steve? Yes, sir. Yeah. All right, let's go to Steve. Steve, good morning. Welcome to ESPN Tucson yeah, Simmons morning, Car I, Care Shop Talk Show. Uh, quickly, Doing I uh, have a uh, 2006 Toyota Matrix, and the... Um, uh, the serpentine belt uh, needs replacement. It's it's getting frayed. But it seems that mm -hmm. I remember 
either yourself or someone mentioning that uh, if you're in there, you should replace another part while you're doing it, or am I incorrect? No, you're not incorrect. Uh, they have a tensioner, and the tensioner goes bad. When you do the serpentine belt, you get a serpentine belt kit from Merle's. It should come with the tensioners in there. Uh, the tensioner, it has run a lot of miles. And if you take the size of a tensioner and the RPMs of the motor, you probably got about a million miles on that um, rotation of that little, one little bearing in there. And it's spring-loaded, so it springs like anything else over a period of time wear out. They lose their tension. They don't hold the, the uh, tension like they should. The Matrix is, uh, is a good little vehicle. But when you replace the serpentine belt, go ahead and replace that little tensioner. Yeah, you can check it. I put, I put stethoscopes on it, and it's not making any noise. It's not making any noise at all. Okay, good. It's not making any noise at all right now. Okay? I'm already in here. There is, not, there is no difference when you change the belt, so just go ahead and buy the kit, put the kit on. That's the same thing with a timing belt. So, but on the serpentine belt, put that little tensioner on. I lost a belt, serpentine belt, because of a bad tensioner. But, yeah, it's time to get that done, buddy. Okay. I, I, thought, I thought you had mentioned that. Okay, appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you. Uh, you do the same. Have a nice weekend. Thank you. All right, 719-1490, You're listening live to the Simmons Car Care Show. This portion of the show, I better get some of these people in and bring a show to you. Uh, one is Merrill's Auto. Merrill'sAuto.com. You can find out where all the stores are at in Tucson. they got 10 locals, plus they got them in Marenzi, Sierra Vista, Casa Grande, Green Valley. They do make daily runs to the big Tucson Wirehouse on South Dodge Boulevard. Real deal. Competitive prices. They got foreign, domestic, and 18-wheelers. Then you got Lens Auto Brokers. LensAutoBrokerage.com. LensAutoBrokerage.com is where Brian wants you to go to. That'll tell you anything and everything you want to know about Lens Auto Brokers. Also, DesertRVCenter.com. DesertRVCenter.com, which is part of Lens also, and they're located down in Sierra Vista. So you can find anything you want to in a RV. Um, Spectrum, we got Spectrum, we got Merrill's, we got Parker Automotive. Oh my gosh, Parker Automotive. That place is, that's, that's a, another good quality shop in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, he's been around a long time. And hang on just a second here. Let me bring this up. Here it is. All right, Parker Automotive, uh, ParkerAutoAZ.com. That's for the ones of you that want to research it. This is Mike Parker's place. Parker Automotive Service Center, 5101 East Speedway, 323-1960. 323-1960. You're going to wind up with uh, Scott Murdoch or Ryan Wall will be the service guys that will answer the phone. They work on all all American domestic plus foreign vehicles. Volvo and Subaru include. They've got the big alignment rack. They do AC. They do full mechanical repairs. They got a shuttle service. They got pickup and delivery service. ASC certified technicians. Plus, he's been over 25 years owning his own business, but about 30 years 
of uh, before that. So he he's he's an old guy like me. <laughs> no, I should say that. <laughs> he's not quite that old. Um, but he's been in business a long time in Tucson, homegrown, beautiful shop. Uh, and by the way, pre-purchase inspections. <laughs> if you're buying a used car, don't buy one until you have it pre-purchase inspection. Um, and uh, you can get that done at Parker Automotive. You can get it done at Simmons. You can get it done at uh, Fuller's Place over at Automotive Specialty. Specialist. You have Shane, who's a shop foreman, excellent technician. You have Thomas, who works the Internet for him. Hours of operations is Monday through Thursday, 7.30 to 5.30. Friday is 7.30 to 5. I guess he wants everybody to get off at 30 minutes early so they can have a good weekend. I think it ought to be around noon. <laughs> anyway, all makes and models and for a Japanese, anything Japanese, all makes and models. Honest and ethical. Honest and ethical. I highly recommend them just like I do automotive specialists. Parker Automotive, 323-1960. All right. Where are we at now? I, I think I'm just about done with the, with my sponsors. By the way, these sponsors, they bring a show to you. Simmons 4 Before is also a major sponsor of this thing. So if you start and start looking at the network that I work with, you'll find out how and why we have the ability to fix just about anything on the market. Between the three of us, there's not a whole lot that we don't know or can't figure out on that. Oh, Merrill's Automotive also has a machine shop service on Saturday and during the week for rotors resurfacing, drums resurfacing and cutting, and flywheels resurfacing. That's located at 15 West Ajo. And we're still looking for a technician over at Simmons. Anybody looking for a job? I realize that the uh, unemployment now is going to run out, so it should be some people looking for a job. But you can, um, Simmons, just go into Simmons Automotive, 3743 South Country Club, and you can uh, just drop off an app, fill out an app, whatever. You don't need an appointment. We're open Monday through Friday, 7 to 5. Drive Shaft Division opens at Simmons, Drive Shaft Specialty Shop, and we are a specialty shop in Drive Shaft. Uh, we open at 8 o'clock and run to 5 o'clock, Monday through Friday. So if you have any drive shaft needs for all these hot rods and stuff or classic cars, we do all of that. We do aluminum. We do uh, aluminum conversions to steel. We do steel conversions to aluminum. So anything you need or want, we can probably figure it out and do it for you. So, And we've been doing that for about nah, 45 years, 46 years. And I do have the big shop. I do. I can balance a three-piece box truck drive shaft at one time. I got a 25-foot bed that we can balance the drive shaft on. It's all computerized. So, uh, all right, Jim, we're running. Uh, we're running about uh, eight minutes. What What would you like to get into? I, I've got some. Huh? Uh, you guys have one more caller you to, talk to go for him. Let's go for it. Who is it? Uh, yeah, I didn't even need to be here this today, Jerry. <laughs> it's uh, Jerry on line one. We're in trouble now. I like oh. your name, Jerry. Go ahead. <laughs> Something happened. Jerry fell off. Welcome to ESPN. Jerry. Uh, looks like we lost Jerry, actually. Really? Yeah, call back, Jerry. 
Yeah, give us a call back, 719-1490, 719-1490. Um, now, what did you say, Jim? You're you're whining about something. <laughs> no, I wasn't whining. I was just like, man, there's so many callers today. I, I didn't even need to be here. It's good to hear all those people. Oh, yeah. They have really good information. Of course they do. You know, that's uh, what you get with the open lines. You know, I, I'm going to do open lines every week now. From now on, that's it. I'm open lines. Uh, there is one little thing that, uh, as far well, I can do. I can do one or two items here. I can do ultra low uh, vibrations in a car uh, pre ignition, and you won't know what I'm talking about. So, but I do have a subject here that I think you will know what I'm talking about. Uh, what's new with fluids? Extended life technology is the future and is here. The last time a manufacturer used convention coolant green in production was 1995, 23, 24 years ago now. There are eight different formulations which are recommended for specific vehicles. That's for your coolant. There, and that's at least. At one time, we counted 14 different colors, 14 different blends. Each meet, each meet the engine's requirement and specification specifications, including color, for the specified manufacturers. Still ethyl, ethylene glycol based. They are now on parts lookup at Merle's. You can go to Merle's and have them look up parts, and that'll give you what you need for your particular car. Or you can go to another one, which is www.oemanafreeze.com. OEMAnafreeze.com, and you can find out what your car is supposed to be using. Every 100, I thought this was fascinating, every 100 gallons of uh, gas combusted produces 90 to 120 gallons of water. Now, you tell me how you get 120 gallons of water out of 100 gallons, I don't know. However, that's what I've got it written down. Three to 10 gallons of unburned fuel up to one, this is per 100 gallons. Up to one ton of carbon dioxide, one half to two tons of soot. All right. If you average 30 miles per gallon, this is basically every 3,000 miles. That tells you what you're putting out. What are the functions, four functions of oil? One is lubricate. Two is coolant, cooling. Three, sealed combustion chambers. And four is clean. Hold the contaminants in suspension while you're getting ready to change your oil. All right, did you know manufacturers require that you check your oil with every fill-up? Check your oil. <clears throat> they recommend it. Check your oil. I would assume, okay, well, how much oil did I use? Or uh, what's the condition of this oil? Do I need to change it earlier? Which means you got to send it in to Arizona Laboratories up in Phoenix and have it tested. If you do not use the recommended oil filter and still do Extended oil changes. Now, I've covered this over and over and over. They can void your warranty. This is a real deal. There is a new API certification, and it's called SN Plus. S-N-P-L-U-S. S-N Plus. Look on the bottle to find out. Turbo. Charge direct injection. Vehicles are having problems with low-speed pre-ignition. I have a complete article on that. It'd take about 15 minutes to pull off. I don't have time. Uh, you're looking at uh, 
OW-16 was factory filled two years ago, and OW-12 is next in, next with a goal of zero W-8 weight, okay? Use synthetic, it is required by the manufacturers to meet specification. It is the best. It is so much better than, especially in the Arizona heat. You need... Transmission fluids. You need two modern-day vehicles. You need two or modern-day vehicles. Multiple vehicles, synthetic, low-viscosity synthetic, ultra-low-viscosity. Power-sharing fluid, user-required fluid. We are out of time. I have enjoyed the day. Jim, thanks for being with me, buddy. I appreciate it, Mr. Frontier Tone. Thank you, Jerry. Yeah, thank you, sir. All right, buddy. Until next week, God bless, drive safe, and be careful. Bye-bye.